0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, this is Robert along with Dustin and welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. The Who's are 2-0, but before we get into that, we want to give you a quick message from my bookie. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Who you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Listen, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best, so do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try to parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
1: Alright everyone, welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin, I'm here with Rob, and the Hoos are 2-0 oh this week. And we made it into the top 25 rankings in the AP poll. Feels good. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about just our overall reactions to the game against William Mary on Friday. We're going to talk a little bit about who we liked in that game, some things we didn't like, and we're also going to look ahead to Florida State next week, which should be a big game. It's got big implications for the Hoos in the ACC. Rob, to start off, how did you feel watching the William & Mary game?
0: Uh, Pretty good, pretty good. It wasn't, that's the crazy part, and maybe the good thing about it is that it wasn't a perfect game, and Yeah, the Who's still smoked them. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of things that could have been cleaned up, which we can talk about, but yeah, dude, I mean, it was a good game. It's always good to get out and just be up in front. You know, normally when we play, like, FCS teams like this, it's like, or you know not even fcs teams just kind of like the liberties or the odus like you come out and it'll normally be a close game in the first half and then the better team normally virginia in these cases tends to pull away Mm -hmm. uh that wasn't the case like virginia came out and just took over the game and like i was like 10 minutes late to the game and virginia (laughs) had already scored and nick grant was running into the end zone with the interception so yeah it was a good game i was happy i was happy with the result for sure
1: yeah, I, I agree, and I think, you know, I didn't I wasn't really nervous at all, like at all during the game, which is kind of different for me, and usually I'm kind of on the edge of my seat the whole time, but in the second half, I kind of took off my foot off the pedal as a fan <laughs> and uh, just enjoyed it, you know. It felt good to be in a position where we were definitely going to win, and that's not something that we've had the, you know, liberty of doing as UVA fans over the past couple of years. It also felt good... You know, it was kind of like a revenge game for us. And, uh, you know, new coach, well, new-ish, newer coach, newer coach, Bronco Mendenhall, taking it to old coach, Mike Linden. So it felt good to do that. It felt good to show, like, who we are today and where we've come from. And, you know, it was awesome. So I I think that was great. Now, with that being said, there were some things that we can definitely improve on. And I think one of them, one of them that I definitely noticed was, Bryce Perkins is two interceptions and I thought both of them were really bad decisions and I thought we could just talk about that for a second because I they those were bad throws
0: yeah that's like exactly what my cousin texted me after the game he's a tech fan he's like you know like I watched like 10 minutes of that game and like it was good UVA was smoking them but like there's there's a lot they can do better mm-hmm. and Bryce Perkins you know interceptions being one of those and you know Bryce Perkins I'm just looking at the game notes right now he prior to this or i guess his first interception he was the leading fbs uh quarterback for active streak for most passes without an interception at 145. so he's done a great job taking care of the ball it's something that our friends down in blacksburg can't really say about their quarterback yeah but uh yeah he had some questionable interceptions and honestly i feel like most of them were just due to kind of like I mean, they were having fun. Everything was coming so easy to them. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he made some throws that he thought, hey, I can probably make this against William & Mary when he wouldn't say that against Pittsburgh or Florida State potentially this coming week. So I feel like that was honestly the biggest part of it. Guys just wanted to make plays. I mean, like you heard Nick Grant, Nick Grant, you know, it's like, oh, like I want my first interception to Mm -hmm. be a touchdown return. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, you can probably do that against William & Mary, but if it would have (laughs) come, you know, in three years prior, it probably wouldn't have happened that way. So yeah yeah I mean that's that's definitely one thing we'll want to clean up and I mean Bronco wasn't super concerned about it he called it out but you know I think honestly I think he just forced some throws because he thought he probably could against William and Mary yeah
1: I, I think that maybe he was trying out some more difficult throws to see if he could make them against a team where you know they were already up by like three or four touchdowns it didn't seem to matter that much and I don't I'm hoping that he's learning from this, like, of the throws he can make, the throws he can't make. But besides those two interceptions, I thought that he had a pretty solid game. He had some good throws, and uh, he was able to escape the pocket a lot. Kept his jersey clean for the most part this game. So, you know, I thought I was pretty impressed with him besides those two. Be- really bad interceptions.
0: Yeah. I mean, he made some nice throws too. I thought the touchdown pass to Chapman the was Chapman a great was really throw. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit uh, Joe Reed for the touchdown. I don't think it was the best pass in the world, but he no, got there. It <laughs> uh And, you know, he also ran in for a score, which he's, I mean, obviously still a mobile guy. You know, he finished with seven rushes for 68 yards, basically a 10 yard average. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't think he'd necessarily wearing that knee brace i guess he nicked up his knee at some point during fall camp on his right knee you know i don't think he has necessarily the same like speed we saw from him week one week two uh last year Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know he showed some speed got around the corner easily walked in for a touchdown run um so that was good to see i mean let's is William and Mary? I don't think I don't think there's huge takeaways from this. There's not a lot taking. Yeah, but. there's
1: not a lot to take away from it. And I don't think there's really anything else that could be improved on. I think the the offensive line did a lot better job. Yep. this game, uh, you know, and that you know we are taking into account that this is a much worse defensive team. Uh, we we did a really good job containing William and Mary's really mobile quarterback. Uh, really bottled him up the whole night, so that felt good to really you know get that down and uh yeah i I really felt good about that win yeah i really felt good about that win. let's talk about some people who impressed us during this game and i think what we want to do because mostly what we saw was young uh players who hopefully over the next couple of years or so will grow into stars and rob i know you had a couple people on the offense and defensive end that you wanted to discuss
0: yeah, so a couple, and Dustin will Dustin will take the easy one with Mike Collins. I've got the easy one. So yeah, we'll, we'll I, talk about Mike Collins I called
1: Mike Collins. <laughs> <laughs> I gave Rob the difficult job yeah. <laughs> of
0: finding another one. Well, thankfully, there were a couple guys that stood out. Uh, you can start with Brennan Armstrong. Brennan, you know, Brennan had played games, but if you looked at his stat line before, you know, like if you're just looking at his stat line to what he did last season, you're like, okay, that wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you see him in this game, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, this is our quarterback of the future. Like for sure. You know, he started out with the pick six, which again, it wasn't entirely his fault, but, uh, you know, finished other than the pick six, he finished nine for 10, 103 yards, uh, with a long of 28. So he moved the ball officially moved the ball to receivers that typically aren't out there. Aren't going to catch a lot of passes also rushed for, uh, 17 yards as well. Sorry, 13 yards, but you know, obviously showed some things with his leg. So Hey, Brandon Armstrong. I thought he looked good um with what he did. Billy Kemp. I like Billy Kemp at punt returner. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about him at receiver yet. <laughs> we were joking. He's getting there. He if there's no one to bump him off the line of scrimmage, right. he's getting there. On the touchdown pass to Chapman, if you go back and watch that pass, Billy Kemp got knocked back like five yards off the he line got of scrimmage. Demolished. So uh, he's not the most physical guy in the world, and you <laughs> unfortunately saw that in the off season when. Uh, I think it was Paris Jones lit him up on the punt return drills, mm-hmm. so he's getting there. But I liked what he did as the punt returner. You know, Chuck Davis dropped a ball. Billy Kemp did not. Billy Kemp had a nice return. I think he had like an eighteen yard return or something like that.
1: Billy Kemp also had, you know, he showed a couple moves. There was one uh, on one of the punt returns. He he really just kind of squeaked by some guys, so he can be really hard to tackle if he gets his, you know, gets his gets the ball in his hands and is able to make a move.
0: Mm-hmm. And then one other guy I'll call out who. It's kind of cheating because he's technically a starter. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Noah, he's rising. Yeah. He's ri- who's who's rising? rising? Who's rising? Uh, Noah Taylor. Noah Taylor, to me, the best play of the game was Noah Taylor blowing up that reverse that William & Mary tried. I think they had like three beautiful. different quarterbacks on that play. And it was such a slow developing reverse. And Noah Taylor's like, nah, I don't need to wait for this thing to play out to make my play. I'm <laughs> just going to go ahead and crush this guy right now. Right.
1: He, I mean, he read it the whole way. It was beautiful.
0: Yeah. It was beautiful. I mean, I... I was impressed by him. I think kind of in the latter half of the season we'll see him create more pressures. I mean, if that duo, assuming Charles Snowden is back next year and Noah Taylor is a junior and Snowden as a three, uh, a senior, and plus with the way Matt Gamm's coming along, mm-hmm. dude. I mean, that's that's a outside linebacker combo i think later in the season even this year where people are gonna be talking about snowden noah taylor is one of the best outside linebacker combos in the acc i
1: I think that noah taylor's kind of on the same trajectory as snowden was last year you know he's kind of really raw it seems but super athletic tall long guy and it seems like broncos found his you know type at outside linebacker
0: Mm -hmm. and noah taylor like charles snowden is like very fundamental like plays everything really well, sets the edge nicely, can make plays in coverage, can get after the quarterback. Uh, Noah Taylor, I think raw is the right word. I don't think he's as precise or anything like that Mm -hmm. with his assignments and executing them as Charles Snowden. But, dude, I mean, Noah Taylor might have a higher ceiling than Snowden. I mean, Noah Taylor's out. He's a big guy. You know, it's still plenty of room to add weight.
1: i'm impressed by him and i love him on the punt team he tries to block every single punt and he seems like he gets (laughs) really close every single time he didn't he didn't block one this week but he got pretty close once or twice so Mm -hmm. i'm excited to see him stay on the punt team and you know terrorize punters in the acc for the rest of the year let's move on to mike collins who is the easy choice i think as mvp of this game you know he showed what, what do you think about mvp
0: so it was funny. I sent this to you and a couple other people. Uh, the opening to the Jeff White article was about the most cheesiest thing I've seen mm-hmm. in the postgame report with everyone's trying to decide who should be able to break the rock. And Charles yeah. Snowden is like, oh, we need the electoral college. Oh, yeah. to the yeah. Like, Jesus, you wonder why people hate UVA. right? But uh, no, apparently there was a lot of debate about that. It was some people wanted Joe Reed. The defense wanted Nick mm-hmm. Grant. Joe Reed, though, the reason I bring this up, said it should be Mike Collins. Yeah,
1: but Joe Reed and I'm getting. I I did forget about Joe Reed and his his return, which mm-hmm. was a really good it's return. Nice. But Mike Collins came in in the third quarter, right? Or is it the second?
0: Uh, it was the third. I think it was the
1: third quarter. His first touch as a UVA player was a nine yard touchdown run. So right off the bat, started off really well. He showed um, quick burst uh, through the through holes in the line of scrimmage. He showed a little bit of quickness. He's like a one cut guy, which is wonderful and he's a running back that we haven't had in a long long time who can really make a cut he's got a really good burst and um break some tackles which is Mm -hmm. really what we want
0: he honestly reminds me of like a faster kevin parks yeah like kevin parks type of like wiggle and ability but like kevin parks just didn't have much speed yeah uh mike collins has enough speed more than jordan ellis more than pk Kyer. um he was nice nice i mean 11 attempts 78 yards Two touchdowns. So actually Jordan Ellis, his first career rushing attempt was a touchdown too. Oh really? I I think Mike Hollins is a lot better than Jordan Ellis. Yeah, I know Uh, you think so. (laughs) But no, I mean the thirty-seven yard touchdown or just thirty-seven yard rush was nice. I mean, this is what we saw in high school. And apparently Bronco you kind of like piece together their comments. Bronco makes it seem like there's issues in pass protection Mm -hmm. with him still. There's some issues with ball security that they've seen in practice. I mean, those things are gonna get fixed, yeah. and before you know it, whether it's later on this season or more next season, I mean, Mike Collins is gonna be the guy that not just us but other people in the ACC are talking about because yeah. that guy's ceiling. I mean, my hope for the running back position is that he and Wayne Talapapa develop into a nice one-two punch.
1: Yeah, and speaking of Talapapa, we uh, he didn't play, and that was really confusing to us because he there was he wasn't on the injury report before the game, but apparently he did tweak his ankle uh maybe a light sprain in practice so he suited up but didn't play. It makes sense, you know, to get some of the other guys some time to play and show what they got. But uh Bronco also said he's gonna be back next week. So we should not worry about him. But yeah, it was really exciting exciting to see the future at running back get some touches, two touchdowns, almost a seven-yard average against, you know, a not great William and Mary defense but still exciting to see kind of what he can do and hopefully as the year goes on and at the start of next year he gets a little bit bigger maybe can fix his blocking a little bit I didn't really look at his blocking but
0: yeah (laughs) you're saying it's not good I'm I'm piecing together comments from Bronco I don't think he was really asked to do much against William and Mary other than run downhill yeah
1: do you know if he's able to catch the ball in the in like
0: a any sort of way in high school he did. In high school, um, he had some nice plays catching balls out of the backfield. My guess is that he's not like electric like that. I think mm-hmm. the coaches hype up Wayne Talapapa is maybe the best uh receiver out of the backfield okay. of the running back group, but I mean he's definitely not that we really run running back screens anymore on our offense, but yeah. I think you could run short <laughs> <Less>. routes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, after Fairchild, man, I mean, maybe it's for the best. We tried to run these receiver screens, which
1: are hit or miss. Did not work uh, against William & Mary.
0: But yeah, you know, Steve Fairchild, one good thing you can say about him. I remember one one game I was watching, uh, 2014, 2015. Apparently, he drew up the best screens in college football for running backs, according to the announcer. Didn't win many games, though. No, you can't (laughs) win on
1: screens every single time.
0: That We tried. We tried and failed. Third and seven. Screen. <laughs> or run up the middle. Run up the middle. Yeah. So I like Mike Collins. I like Mike Collins. Yeah. I think I'm hoping this will lead in to some more carries, maybe in more meaningful games, which, you know, maybe come next week. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Does Do we want to get into Florida State now?
1: I want to say one more thing. I, I want to say that my favorite unit, the special teams, is doing a, an incredible job again. No punts in this game uh which has not happened for a long time i think
0: did you see kyle guy's tweet about that no he was like i want to give a shout out to nash griffin's parents (laughs) who drove nine hours to not not watch him him play
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah he didn't punt uh which hasn't happened in a long long time long long time and uh you know our man delaney made a uh one field goal missed one as well from the right hash uh he's you know, he's he's had problems from the right hash. I always joke that he needs to be on the left hash to make his field goals. So uh, good to see him. Well, he did end up making one from the right hash as well. He took two. He was one of two. Uh, had good kickoffs as well. Eight touchbacks out of nine. So good kickoff guy.
0: One thing that maybe our listeners know, if you do, let us know. But it wasn't in the game notes. A question I had. When was the last time UVA scored... A defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown in the same game. Hmm. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. I bet,
1: I bet, I bet that's already been looked at.
0: And maybe I've just missed it, but yeah. I have no idea. The fact that we scored a touchdown in all three phases of the game, I liked that too. It's good by, by, uh, by halftime yeah and yeah. joe reed wasn't touched yeah. by the way joe reed was not touched on that kick return no he so- he did a really good job
1: all right let's move on to next week against florida state the seminoles come to charlottesville next weekend 7 30 saturday on acc network if you don't have it there's now more ways to get it. cox recently just picked up acc network so the, really the only way you can't watch it is if you have xfinity so sad. Sorry, my parents have Xfinity. And they can't. <laughs> my dad's <laughs> horror stories of trying to get it. So anyway, yeah, if you have Xfinity, you still can't watch it. But luckily, you can go to the game this week. So it doesn't really
0: matter. Yeah, right? I think there's gonna be a lot of people there, man. I, a lot of people.
1: I, I think there's gonna be 55, if not 60,000 people. There was 43
0: for William and Mary. Yeah, 10,000 students. It was the most students since a game in 2008, when we played USC, yeah, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, it was 10,000
1: students. My brother went to Northwestern. He said that there was 10,000 or there was 2,000 more students at that game than go to Northwestern, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Anyway, but yeah, I, I thought the students did a really good job of coming out. I mean, most of them were gone by the you know the start of the fourth quarter, but that's I not re- too, that's probably. not really surprising <laughs> based on how the game was going. It's a Friday night, they've got stuff to do. But yeah, I, I really I hope that everyone's coming out for this Florida State game because for years people have been saying, you know, if there's a good product that will go to the field and this is like th- this is the product that is good, we need to show support. Me and Rob are
0: going. Yeah. I mean a good product that we've seen so far. Yeah. Uh against a brand name opponent, mm-hmm. Florida State, night at game. night. It It has all the makings of a perfect game. It's
1: everything we want. And also, Florida State is coming off two weeks in a row of blowing big halftime leads against teams that they probably should have beaten based on the talent that they have. And so Rob and I are going to go through and we're going to kind of break down what we're looking to see from Florida State and how we think UVA is going to play them next week. And so I want to start off with just kind of What's going on with Florida State this year? And why
0: do people... Why are they so not good at holding these leads? I have no idea. Willie Taggart said the first game was due to dehydration. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, like he said you're that, just saying... You're just blaming it on yourself if the he, player's dehydrated.
1: He said they were going to fix that. But that didn't happen against uh, Louisiana Monroe. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really, really... I had that on instead of the Texas LSU game last night. Because I was... Invested highly in uh, Louisiana Monroe winning that game, which unfortunately didn't happen because of a missed PAT in the in overtime. Yeah, that's a brutal way that's to lose. A brutal a game. way to lose. Yeah,
0: they should have gone for two. They should
1: have gone for two. You're right. I just I feel like this Florida State team is not disciplined at all, and I feel like they do things that a, a disciplined team like Virginia is going to take advantage of.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, they got? talent talent Mm -hmm. talent i mean especially you got cam Akers, james blackman throws such a nice ball Mm -hmm. i mean they got all the athletes at receiver but then you see just plays that's like why did he throw that ball like how did they not recover that fumble like what is going on like it reminds me i think back directly to two weeks ago after the pick game where bronco says like biggest growth area of the program like no wild swings of emotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the definition of Florida State right now, yeah. is wild swings of emotion and momentum and tempo.
1: They had a, uh, like in the fourth quarter, on when Louisiana Monroe was driving, they had a senior linebacker push the running back's head into the ground after the play was dead. Yeah, and, and that was like a dirty, a, pers- <laughs> it was a dirty play. It was a dirty play. They got 15 yards. They ended up scoring that on that drive, and it got them back into the game, and it really gave them momentum. And so it's, it's it plays like that that really sum up this team and you know it almost makes me think of you know that they didn't really want to play that game that they were kind of over it that they that they thought they were better than that team and just mm-hmm. really weren't trying that hard which is scary because they have talent and if they come in next week to Scott Stadium and decide to turn it on I'm I'm afraid if if this was a uva team in previous years i would be more afraid but because we're disciplined like under bronco i'm less afraid of us not being prepared for this team
0: what scares me the most in this game is the potential for florida state to have big plays because Mm -hmm. they have some guys that are just better athletes than our guys like nick grant if i'm florida state i'm throwing deep on nick grant all day. Mm-hmm. I'm I see no need to throw to Bryce Hall, but I'm throwing deep on Nick Grant all day. Yeah. Hopefully Jordan Mack can play mm-hmm. and hopefully he'll be paired with a, you know, productive Zane Zandier. Um but if Rob Snyder's in the game, I'm going after Rob Snyder with Cam Akers. I'm yeah. running him on um you know outside on yeah. curl routes on anything I can do to try to get Cam Akers the ball against Rob Snyder. Because Cam Akers is just a better athlete. Just the same way that uh a lot of their receivers are probably just Better athletes than Nick Grant. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's the advantage Florida State has is that they have dudes that can make plays and that are just better than our guys. But, you know, you take the flip side of that, I think defensively we're much better. Mm-hmm. And on offense, if we're just being productive and efficient and we're not making mistakes, I mean, that's the type of thing that can wear Florida State out. I mean, that's the type of thing that if this offense is steady, getting five, six yards a play, no mistakes, no turnovers. I mean, Florida State might end up giving up in the third quarter, and I mean, we win by 20.
1: UL Monroe hung 40 points on them. Yeah. And that that's not a great team by any means. Yeah. And so I think I, I would like to say we're better than UL Monroe. We're also playing at home in front of a crowd that's going to be hyped up. I'm really excited to see what this atmosphere is going to be like and how it feeds into the game. Because I think it, I think it's going to have a huge impact on how the players come out, the energy that they bring. And also just, you know, the the passion that they play with now based, you know, compared to how it used to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, dude, you think about it, like first half, if James Blackman comes out there and throws an interception right in front of mm-hmm. the students or we pick up a fumble. I mean, we make like a big play and all of a sudden this Florida State team that's so up and down. If we get the crowd into it, you capitalize off that mistake. I mean, I'm telling you, man, you're playing with fire with these guys because... Yeah. I mean, that, the way they lost against Boise State, I mean, that's something if the culture isn't right in the locker room with the coaches, with the players, yeah. like, that can derail a season. And then you look at what happened last week. I mean, the boosters are already coming trying to raise money to get Willie Taggart out of town. Yeah. I mean, if they lose that game last week, which they I really, very well could have. I
1: really thought they, that he could have been fired right after that game if they had lost. They'd be calling for his head. I yeah. know that much. I, I was calling for his head. during the. I'm still calling for his head. I don't think he's a good coach. Uh, he doesn't seem like he has control of that team it doesn't seem like you know I understand that changing a culture is difficult but Jimbo Fisher had a you know a pretty good culture in that team Jimbo Fisher had good teams there mm-hmm. at Florida State and for some reason I mean I mean, he left to go to A&M but I, I I think that when Taggart came in he didn't there wasn't much to it wasn't like Bronco coming in for Mike London right the players weren't like used to losing all the time there was talent there the 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 locker room seemed okay and now it seems like this team has no idea like how to play defense discipline Mm -hmm. right i mean they once again UL monroe scored over 40 on them yeah i think that's really telling
0: i mean i go back with them i mean it's just like embarrassing as a fan base like Mm -hmm. i go back i think it was maybe it was the 2006 season where all of al grove's assistants had left ron price had left al golden had left And we come out, like, first week of the season, I think we get blown out by Pittsburgh. Second week, we lose to, like, Western Michigan or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it's just embarrassing. It's, like, you're... Not that Virginia was anywhere near where Florida State is is from a branding standpoint with football, but, like, to just have a national brand and just to kind of start seeing it crumble... Yeah. I mean, that hurts, man. That hurts. And I I don't know. I mean, I'm telling you, man, Florida State might make some plays where you're like, wow, because they certainly did against Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. But this is like the style and the culture and everything that Broncos has been trying to build these past four years. Like this is what it was designed to beat teams yeah. without that. And yeah. to me, that's Florida state right now.
1: Yeah. The other thing, and we were talking about, you know, Florida state coming in and making a mistake. I'm also, I'm worried about Florida state coming in and making a big play, you know, going on top early and UVA fans thinking, here we go again we can't win big games and just kind of that culture, the mindset of the fans who haven't really bought in yet. And I'm looking for those fans to trust this team and to come out because there's a lot of people who I know are still, you know, not going to games because of what Mike London did to this program. (laughs) And uh, that's sad because this team is good and this team deserves to be watched.
0: Yeah. I mean, dude, we're still recovering from that. And we're like still recovering. The problem is, is like if y'all read Wahoos at all, there was the the article that Kendall posted this week. It was like, I want to blow Mike London out. It's like, again, like nice guy, but you know, he did a lot of damage to this program I mean, from a he, reputation standpoint and from a confidence of the fan standpoint.
1: Yeah. I mean, even I mean, he was a cop, but we, that we can't we can't like him just because of that, <laughs> right? So, I mean, like was, him as a
0: coach, at least
1: yeah, I don't really like him as a coach either. he was not a great coach,
0: yeah, I mean
1: it, we're still recovering from that damage done there's still a lot of clapping after misplays <laughs> no tears this game, which was all right,
0: yeah, thankfully. thankfully but um yeah, so i don't I don't know. I think I still like our odds going into this game i I, I mean honestly, I like them better than I did when I predicted them in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I, i'm with you i think florida state will make some plays just because they have players that can do that like cam Akers is awesome um and they have other players like that too james blackman i'm telling you if james blackman gets a receiver one on one and nick grant i'm throwing it over the top like even if it's a 50 50 ball test the guy yeah but at the end of the day i think this is virginia's game to lose which is kind of scary to think about at night at home against florida state but I, I think this is a game Virginia should win, just given where both teams are in the season right now.
1: In the past, we've had some really good games at night against Florida State in Scott Stadium. And I'm looking for this one to be another one of those nights, kind of like a we're here moment for this program. Even though this Florida State team isn't really great, it's kind of like the Miami game last year. Miami wasn't like a great team last year, but they came in ranked. Uh, we beat them pretty soundly, mm-hmm. and it kind of... Riled up the fan base enough to give the team confidence. Mm -hmm.
0: I'd say, I say for that one, that was like a confidence boosting win. I would say if we win this, it's more of a confirmation type win. Okay, yeah, like like that. We are who we said we are. Mm -hmm. We are who they thought we were. Which (laughs) might, which might transition us into the (laughs) rankings, honestly. Right. Because Virginia is now uh number twenty five in the AP poll. Which one thing that. I've noticed and I think other people have noticed too is I think it's funny that the AP, we're like the media darlings right now, the yeah. UVA football team, the AP voters who are media voters, uh are consistently ranking us higher than the coaches poll. Yeah. Which last week was pretty significantly, I think we were 30 something in the coaches poll while we mm-hmm. would have been 27 in the AP poll. This week we're number 25 in the AP poll. We would have been 26 in the coaches we were the last team to miss the cut. I don't know. What do you think about that? Is Virginia the media darlings of uh, college football right now? Yeah,
1: it's really weird to think about because in basketball, when Tony Bennett and his team were on the come up, it was completely different. AP poll had no respect for Tony Bennett in the Pack Line defense, uh, but coaches seemed to notice. So we, we were always consistently, you know, one or two spots higher in the coaches' poll than we were in the AP poll. And so being on the other side of that, it's a really weird feeling because. I feel like the coaches should know, like, this team is better than you know some of the other teams in front of us.
0: Yeah, I mean it's, it's interesting. Like, it's <laughs> this will be the first game that we're ranked since Pitt last mm-hmm. year, so keep that in mind. Hopefully, I mean, if we win, then we should stay in the rankings theoretically. We should, yeah. But I don't know. It just adds a new twist to this game. I personally like it. I I think this program deserves to get attention. Um. I think the reason that coaches are tending to put us lower than maybe the media is is because, admittedly, we still are playing with kind of less recruiting talent yeah. than most yeah. of our opponents on our schedule. And the media has kind of seen the Bryce Perkins hype. They obviously know Bronco Mendenhall from his time at BYU. Mm-hmm. I think the media kind of appreciates that. And just having a headline our quarterback, whether necessarily warranted or not, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. is a big advantage. I think coaches still line up and look at Virginia and say, "Hey, they're playing with recruiting classes that are ranked in the 50s and 60s. We should be better than them." Yeah. But they also don't know about the Bryce Halls and the Joey Blunts and the Charles Snowden's—the guys who were in those recruiting classes who have, you know, way, way, way over exceeded their rankings.
1: Right. Exactly. And you know, I, 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 I care and I don't care about being ranked. And I think that, I, I think it goes both ways because at this point we you know, it doesn't really matter. That number doesn't mean anything. It just kind of puts a target on our back in terms of other teams looking at us and seeing that number. But it's nice to be recognized by the by the media and by the country as just, you know, being a team that is good and consistent and able to hang with some of the best teams in the country. So hopefully, you know, this doesn't bite us in the butt where Florida State comes out and takes that ranking away from us. And hopefully we just keep rising and it doesn't get to us.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, like if we can keep, I mean, you beat Florida State, you beat ODU, and you look at Notre Dame, which Notre Dame is number seven now in the Mm -hmm. poll. Dude, I mean, not to look ahead, but you could. If you beat, uh, hopefully you could. But obviously you got to beat Florida State. But, man, I mean, you take care of business against Florida State, which I feel comfortable saying that, take care of business. Virginia should win this game. They opened as the touchdown favorite. Um man that game against Notre Dame will be cool it's gonna be great
1: it's gonna be great so hopefully
0: hopefully we can get there the way we're looking at it right now yeah
1: and um is there anything else you want to say about Florida State anything that you think is important or or that you're looking for this team to do against Florida State
0: Nah, I mean just take care of business like this you know it's easier to say from my chair right now but
1: take care of the ball protect Bryce Perkins
0: Mm-hmm. hopefully the offensive line will get sorted out a little bit they're hopefully. still rotating guys yeah. last week
1: they, they seem to rotate every drive yeah different, new tackle it's just your position. tackle
0: roulette you never know which one's coming out but yeah. um i don't know man i'm i'm excited football's fun man mm-hmm. football it's, it's just not just even football like our team like it's way more interesting to watch college football in general like when virginia's good you yeah. Know? so hopefully hopefully we could keep trending up
1: I think what we're going to end with now is a new segment that Rob and I have come up with. And our new segment is called yes and no. And it's where I come up with a question for Rob that has both a yes and a no answer. And we're going to discuss it. And so Rob, this week, the question is, should UVA fans be excited about the prospect of playing in a new year's six bowl? (laughs) That's a good one. I think there's a yes and a no answer to this because recently UVA was in the bowl prediction from espn right uh brett mcmurphy i think he i think he used to be at espn anyway big name anyway big name guy uh said that uva is going to play in the orange bowl versus ohio state at the end of the year rob (laughs) should uva fans
0: be excited about
1: this yes and no
0: (laughs) i'm gonna say yes absolutely yeah it's kind of terrifying to think though. That's why I'm saying but, no yeah.
1: because do you want do you, would you prefer to get crushed by Ohio State in that bowl game or would you prefer to win maybe a little bit lesser bowl against a, another decent team?
0: I mean I like I like ending the season with you know like momentum in theory mm-hmm. and like trying to go out on a good note but dude I mean you make you make the orange bowl or something like that which is like it's it's still weird to even think about that yeah. but um yeah, dude. I mean, I don't see how you turn that down. That's huge for the program to keep get that type of media and publicity and get mm-hmm. those ticket sales. And like, dude, I, I'll be there hopefully I <laughs> if we there. would be there. I would go too, but I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know if I. So you would say no. You would say you'd rather you'd rather play in a bowl game. Yeah, than... give me give me like a like a Gator Bowl or something like that. Okay, so Orange Bowl goes to. The best ACC team that's not Clemson, right? right. Assuming Clemson makes the playoffs. Assuming Clemson is
1: going to make the playoffs, it's going to go to the second best ACC team, and then either a Big Ten team, a Big 12 team, or Notre Dame. Okay. Now, they probably wouldn't give it to Notre Dame if we made it because we would have already played Notre Dame this season. So probably giving it to a Big Ten team or a Big 12 team. And uh, they're saying it's going to be Ohio State based on the fact that Ohio State might not make the playoffs at this point, just based on Clemson, Bama, LSU, Oklahoma, all looking really good. Uh, who's mm-hmm. the third one? The Who's ranked three right now? Uh, I don't know. Because I know Oklahoma got bumped. Georgia. Oh, it's Georgia, yes. There's three SEC teams right <laughs> there. And Clemson. Three in the top five. Yeah, and then Oklahoma as well. So they're saying Ohio State might make the Orange Bowl. I don't know. I just feel like... At at this point, I think I'd rather beat Tech than go to the a New Year Six Bowl.
0: I'd rather beat Tech, yeah, than go to a New Year's six bowl. Yeah. Absolutely. But I don't know. It depends. You you'd have to look at the scenarios, but I don't think we're going to a New Year's six bowl if we don't beat Tech, unless we win the rest of our games. I agree. Yeah. But
1: Well, I just I just I'm I'm stuck in this mindset of getting embarrassed on a national stage. <laughs> like imagine getting blown out like fifty two to like seven. To Ohio State.
0: Or imagine doing that against Navy. It's right. already been done. We've already been there. <laughs> but
1: that wasn't even the New Year's Six Bowl. That was just a random <laughs> bowl,
0: military bowl in freaking Maryland. Dude, we've already lost we've lost to UMBC, man. We should we shouldn't be feeling these emotions.
1: Yeah, but we're we're coming back up. Uh, we just won a national <laughs> championship in basketball. That UNBC's done. Now if we get if we get crushed
0: does that mean we win the national championship next year if we get crushed
1: no because we're not okay. losing to a 16 yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay that's not how it works i don't know i just i'm feeling i would i think i would prefer to have a a really good bowl just not a new year's six bowl
0: if new year's six bowl was given to us i take it
1: i would take it but i don't think we would win that's okay that's fine. That's okay. Okay. All right. Rob's taking it. <laughs> I I think that's a yes or no question. If you have any yes or no questions that you think we should talk about, go ahead and DM us those questions. Embrace can, debate. <laughs> we we want to debate here on this on this podcast. Um. But with that, I think we're done with this
0: episode. Unless there's anything else we need to talk about. Nah. Just I think some so. yells. Oh, well, one one correction. I did read through the post game notes again between okay. now and when I said uh, 2002 against Akron was the last time UVA scored a touchdown in all three phases of the game, oh. offense, defense, and special teams. So
1: if any of our listeners got that right, give yourself a point because, um, and keep track of those points. Guys and Ty's points are worth <laughs> a lot. And um, can be redeemed later. Yes. <laughs> later. <laughs> Trust us. <laughs>
0: so anyway, uh, let's give some yells. Rob, do you have a yell for us? Yeah, let's give a yell to some who's in the NFL right now. Yeah. You know, we're watching NFL right now. Unfortunately, my Redskins blew a 17 nothing lead mm. in typical Redskins fashion. Mm.
1: And my Saints but, play the Texans tomorrow.
0: Yes. So, um, but you look at some guys in the NFL. Morgan Moses is not one of those guys yeah. because he played poorly for the Redskins today. But Ant Harris is the guy we're talking about. Two mm. interceptions, one fumble recovery. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good and his his backfield they never played together, but Juan Thornhill got the start for the Chiefs, who mm-hmm. also dominated today. Yeah. So, uh two good days for our UVA secondaries. DBU question mark? D- I don't know. So I've, two I've, good games.
1: I've got I've got two. Uh and one goes out to Danny Holson who made his uh MLB debut again for the Cubs. He was, you know, injured for a while, wondering if he was gonna play baseball again, got brought up to the Cubs, struck out three batters in one inning, so Good to see him doing like really well, and I hope that he sticks around on that Cubs team. And also, shout out to Mike Scott at the Eagles game in Philly. You know, Mike Scott plays for the 76ers, beloved by, I thought, Philadelphia people. But then he wears a Redskins jersey to the Philadelphia-Washington uh, game today. Gets jumped, <laughs> is on camera beating up people, so... <laughs> If there's one person I was going to fight from a UVA basketball team, it would not be Mike Scott.
0: Yeah, dude. Like, don't pick a fight with Mike Scott. <laughs> or Miles Jack, if you saw that today. Miles like, Jack. That was yes. kind of terrifying.
1: Yeah, he punched a guy. <laughs> with. I, I
0: don't. Here's
1: a off thing I don't get when football players punch each other in the helmet, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, like, like, aim for the neck, maybe? I don't know. God, it's got violent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, punching a helmet doesn't do anything for you. No, except it just break hurts your a hand fist or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think that's it. Anything else you want to add, Rob? Nah, go who's. Let's beat Florida State. Go who's beat Florida State. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on iTunes and Spotify at Guys and Ties Pod. Go ahead and check out Armchair Media. They've got a lot of podcasts. You can look up one for your favorite NFL team or Major League Baseball team if you've got one. And we will see you guys next week. Go who's, baby.
0: Go who's